Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me this morning? So good to see you. I always like what the little boy said when his mother kept saying, you need to wash your hands, you need to go to church, you need to pray before you eat. He said, germs and Jesus, that's all I hear around here. <laughs> but have you know, Jesus is the most important one, right? Well, it's good to see you this morning. What a great time of worship and singing and praise and the kids. And I want to thank you and Leah and Justin for all of their work at camp and all the things that's happened the last couple of weeks. I don't even know God is good. And he's uh, amazing in our life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much because you are our God. You are the mighty God. You're the thrice holy God. And we give you praise today. Lord, speak to our hearts through your word. And we'll just take it in and change our lives because you will send it to do what you sent it to do. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. So here's the question, how many of you want to get better? Okay, about half the people here want to get better. We'll pray for the rest of you. I found out that the older I get, it is a struggle to get better. Because uh, I have to push myself to get better. I have to try to get better. Because there's something about my body that says, just hold on, I'm pretty comfortable right now. Can anybody relate to that? It, it, it's a push, it's a shove, it's a concerted effort, and I believe that God wants everybody here to get better. Matter of fact, there is a battle to get better. John chapter 10, verse 10, a verse you're very familiar with, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. Not just life, but abundant life. It's not that we're just having life. How many of you know life can get better and better and better? And Jesus speaks this in the context of being the good shepherd. If you look at that passage, he says there is the negative, there is the destructive, there is the distracting things in the elements of this passage as far as me being the good shepherd and you being the sheep. And here's a few of them. He said, there are thieves and robbers that want to steal the sheep. There are wolves that want to devour the sheep. Shepherds that are there only because they are hired for the money, and he calls them hirelings. And he said, the sheep can scatter, but they need good pasture and something nutritious to eat. So, better shepherd, better sheep. Say that with me. Better shepherd, better sheep. Now, I don't know if you've ever owned sheep, but sheep are dumb. Is that why he called us sheep? Look at your neighbor. Yep, that's it, right there. That's it. No. Well, we are the sheep, and sheep need shepherds, and this is what he's saying. He said, I come to give you life, but I come to give you abundant life or a better life. And the better in the Hebrew in the Old Testament means good, pleasing, beneficial, favorable. Uh, in the Greek, the better in the New Testament uh, is useful, advan advantageous, more excellent. And if we, if we take on this thought uh, this morning, I, I think you'll walk out of here with a desire to be better, to get better, and I think that is the, really the goal for all of us. This is the psalmist speaking, 115, 
verses 12 through 15, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. You, may you be blessed by the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Now, if you look at verse number 14, he said, the Lord give you increase more and more. Or we could say, may the Lord make you better and better. And not only you, but you and your children. How many of you want your children to do better than you? And your grandchildren to do better than you and, and your kids. So let me tell you, I'm hoping every generation here gets better and better and better. Can I hear an amen? How many of you going to help me preach today? So I want you to know there's two thoughts about this. Better is in the eye of the beholder. Some people think this is better, and some people say, oh, no, that's not better. This is better. And if there is a path of betterment or better, what hinders us from getting better? And there are things that hinder us from getting better. There are things that come to what? Kill, steal, and destroy when the Lord say, no, don't go down that road. I want to give you a better life, an abundant life, a greater life. And that's what we want, isn't it? Now, there are three things that I want to share with you this morning. One that is hindering us is the power of the present. Say that with me, the power of the present. And you say, Pastor Mike, what in the world are you talking about? Were, were you ever attentive in school when they taught about inertia? How many of you know what inertia is? Inertia is the tendency to do nothing and remain the same. How many of you know a lot of people got some inertia? And the physical or the scientific definition, the state of matter when it remains at rest. So to overcome inertia, let's say your car won't start and you want to push it out of the way. Listen, all of that weight of that car has some inertia. It takes some strength and power to push it off of where it's at. So you take anything that's at rest, whether it's a weight, it's a car, it's anything, it takes power greater than the inertia that's in the state of the matter, the car, the weight, or whatever, to get it moved from that position. And so we have to say the power of the present can cause us not to get better because we're comfortable where we are. And it takes strength to get beyond where we are and to get where we need to be. I looked this up. This is actually true. NASA said when a rocket is launched from the pad to get past the atmosphere and gravity, it takes 85% of its power. 85%. But once it gets moving and gets out there, it can move very easily. But just to get it moving, just to get it started, it's like a diet. It's like exercise. It's like anything you and I do to get better, it's just that first launch. It's that first step. It's that first, no, I'm not going to have that. And by 3 o'clock, you had three. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm preaching about here? So anything we do to move this along, to get better, to have the abundant life, there's always the battle to do that. And it's the power of the present. And we have a huge tendency to stay where we are, what we're doing, what's always worked, and now God is saying, no, it's not just life, it is what? It's abundant life. And you may be here today and say, well, I'm doing good. Listen, move it to better. 
and better and better and better. And we see this not only in our lives, but we see it through all humanity. This is the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verse 12. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Now this is said to Moses when they come up against the Red Sea and they turn around and Pharaoh's army is pressing upon them and they don't know what to do. You know what they're saying? Hey, it was better where we were. Are you kidding me? They were killing you babies. They took all of your labor. You were slaves. You barely got by. You have been there for decades. And you say, we wanted to stay where we were. What kind of logic is that? There's power in the presence. And the present and where you are, and there is a battle to get where you should go, and this is that point where they said we would have been happy to stay as slaves. How many of you know that's a lie? It's just, let me tell you what Kerry says, it's a bald-faced lie. How many of you ever heard that term? It's just a bald-faced lie, because the power of their present or their presence in Egypt consisted of slavery, hard taskmasters, hard work, no future, no worthwhile dream, not for them, not for their kids, not for the next generation. It was a subservient life, and they had no future, and it was a poverty mindset. Now they have the opportunity to move forward, but there's power and inertia to stay where you're at. This is all I'm going to do. This is all I'm going to be. Let me tell you, there's power in the present. We've got to overcome that. Someone said this, not original to me. Most people don't live their life. They just accept their life. That's huge, isn't it? How many people have just accepted where they're at? And they're going to stay there. You know, when it comes time for Israel to cross over to the promised land, and uh, God is moving them from slavery to something better, well, this is what happens, and I will read to you here in a moment. So they, they send out the spies, 12 spies. God says, Moses sent out the spies. We know Joshua and Caleb went. They had other spies with them, 10 others. They go out, they spy out the land. And do you remember the report they came back with? Hey, there's walled cities, giants over there. These people could eat us up alive. We look like grasshoppers against them. Now, I want you to catch this. And they come back with that report. This is Numbers chapter 14, 3 and 4. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives, our children should become victims? Would it not been better, say that with me, would it not have been better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Back there it was better. How many of you know that's a bald-faced lie? Here God is getting ready to bring them to their own country to be a sovereign nature, a, a nation, and the land flows with what? Milk and honey. It's called the promised land. And they said, no, where we at, where we were, it's just better. Guess what? Not true. So if it's possible to get better, if there is a path to get better, then here's the question. Why don't we get better? Because there is that inertia, that power in the present just to stay where you are. 
Well, this is as good as it's going to get. This is all I'm going to give. This is all I'm going to practice. This is all I'm going to read. This is all I'm going to strive for. It's the power of the present. Honey, listen, you got to get past that. I got to get past that. Here's the second thing it's the power of the people. Say it with, with me. The power of the people. So, what do you mean, Pastor? Um, sometimes the people we hang with, the people we associate with, keep us in a state where we are. We're not getting better because we're hanging with the wrong crowd. Has anybody ever heard that? Dad was in the first service this morning. I didn't mention this because he was here, but uh, he's not here, so I will mention it. Every once in a while growing up, mom and dad would say, hey, you got to watch who you run with. I don't think you should be with that group. I don't think you should have that person as your friend. And I think, why? Because birds of a feather flock together. How many of you got so sick of hearing that? I mean, I did. And I think, can I choose my own friends? Can I run with the people I want to run with? And the answer is, no, you can't. Because there is power in people. And that power can either be good or it can be bad. And we're the sum total of those who we have close associations with. So this is Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Let me give you some more companions that that book talks about. Companions of gluttons, companions of harlots, and it's called running with the wrong crowd, running with the wrong people. And sometimes we are guilty of that. Doesn't mean we don't associate with everybody. But let me tell you, your close, intimate circle should be people who make you what? Better. And I've said this for years. If you being around me doesn't make you better, then I'm not the person that I should be. And you should make me better. Iron does sharpen iron. We can be better by the people we associate with, and that's what we should be doing. Uh, December the 6th, 2014, 19-year-old cheerleader named Jessica Chambers was set on fire in a small town in Cortland, Mississippi. She graduated from high school, had A's and B's, did well in school, held down a job, but 19-year-old Jessica began to run with a different crowd after she graduated. And at the time of her death, this is her ex-boyfriend, Brian, saying, I think she was making friends with the wrong people, with drug dealers. And he said she did nothing bad to get herself burned alive. But let me tell you what she did. She began to run with what? The wrong crowd. It's the power of the people you run with. And someone set on her on fire and she died. They've not found the murderer the one who did that to her. Listen, there is something critical about running with the wrong crowd. And if you're trying to get better, if you revert back to them, they'll cause you to do things you wouldn't do if you didn't have that camaraderie and companionship with people who are drawing you the wrong, the wrong way. Is anybody listening to me? And you say, well, it's my life. Yeah, it's your life, but you won't have abundant life until you run with the right people. And you have to have the right companions, the right associates. Here's a question. Uh, why do young people get into gangs? I've researched this. 8% of our young people are in gangs in America. 8%. We don't see that much around here, although there are gangs in our area. But in metropolitan areas, uh, you know, high-populated areas, gangs are a problem. I mean a huge problem. Chicago, L.A., New York. I mean it's all over the world. So 
Here's a study from Maryland. Uh, why do they get into gangs? Unsto- unstable, broken homes, economic instability, low education attainment and expectations, family members in gangs, neglect by one or both parents, violence in the home or the community directed at the child, alcoholism, drug abuse by one or more of the parents. So there, there are reasons people do what they do, right? They, they, they want to have companionship. They, they want to belong. But how many of you know you can belong in the wrong, wrong place? Here's a study from the University of Washington. It talks about the different variables here. We talk about antisocial beliefs, alcoholism, uh, drug use, violent behavior, hyperactivity, family factors, poverty, structure, uh, behavior problems, pro-violent attitudes, school factors, low academic aspirations and achievements, neighborhood factors. Talks about the associations they have with friends who engage in these things, illegal behavior, education, occupational, physical, mental health. Those who joined gangs in their adolescence were three times more likely to report committing a crime, three times more likely to receive income from illegal sources, more than twice as likely to have been in prison in the previous year, three times more likely to have drug abuse issues, twice as likely to be in poor health, twice as likely to be receiving public assistance or living off the government, and half of them didn't even graduate from high school. Listen, it matters who you hang with. So if we're going to get better, we have to realize there are power in the people around us. This is Proverbs 1, chapter 5. A wise man will hear and increase learning. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. If you will listen to wise counsel, guess what? You'll get wise. You hang around with fools, you become what? A fool. I didn't call you that. That's what the Bible called you. You're a fool. If you hang with the wrong people, you're absolutely a fool. So, Pastor, you're so compassionate today. I'm just telling you what the Word says, my friends. Because our goal should be we are going to try to get better. Can I hear an amen to that? Jesus said, I didn't come just to give you life. I came to give you a better life, a more abundant life. Here's the third thing. The power of perception. Say that with me. The power of perception. What you think changes your life to the better or not the better. You say, well, how does that work? Well, I'm glad you asked me. Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, you got to be careful about what you think about, right? you got to think on the right things. If you think you can't get better, guess what? You probably won't get better. If you think you can improve your life, guess what? You probably won't improve your life. I'm going to take you to a passage. I'm going to break it down this morning very quickly. Romans chapter 12, something that you are extremely familiar with. The Apostle Paul is writing. And he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I've got that last line underlined. Look at it, please. That you may prove, that you may come to know what is that good acceptable and perfect will of God. So here he says there is a movement from something good to something better and better 
and better and better. So he says, as we change our mindset, as we think differently, what are we going to do? We're going to get better. We're going to prove ourselves. We're going to think better. We're going to respond better. We're going to move better. We're going to have better cognitive behavior. And he says, we're going to move from this level to this level to this level. As you get it good, acceptable, and perfect. So we, we, we have incremental betterness, if you will. How many of you ever watched the program uh, Undercover Boss? Has anybody ever seen that? Undercover Boss. You know, the older I get, the less TV I watch. But I was flipping through the channels the other day, and there was an episode of Undercover Boss. If you don't know what the story is, the, the program is, so a guy who's usually the CEO or a lady who's usually the CEO that owns the company, runs the company, will disguise themselves as a new employee and get planted into their store, their company, or whatever they're running, and nobody knows who they are. So that's what I'm watching. So the guy, you know, he puts on the wig and he gets the disguise and he goes in to where he owns the entire company. Now these people are multi, 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 multi millionaires. And some of them are billionaires. And so they, they change their appearance, they get infused into their operation. So I'm watching this and this guy has a manager or assistant manager, I don't know what this lady is, she's somewhere around say 30 to 35 and she's caustic. She is terrible to the consumers, the customers, to the employees. She is horrible. And you can tell this is going all over this guy. Now at the end of the story, the end of the show, what they do, they take off the disguise and now they bring those employees they interacted with and they have a one-on-one -on -one confrontation with them. And some of them, it's really good, right? I mean, they try hard, they work hard, and these bosses, these CEOs, these entrepreneurs, sometimes they look at these people and they say, you did such a good job, you, you were trying so hard, uh, I'm gonna pay off your school loans. I, I'm gonna pay off your house, I'm gonna give you a car. And sometimes they get tens and tens of thousands of dollars just because they were trying to get better. And now they bring this young lady up, and she's sitting across, and she's looking at this guy, and now she knows this is the guy she was a horse's rear to. Can you say that in church? She was horrible. And she realized, I'm in front of the guy who owns the company. And she begins to defend herself and begins to say this and that. He said, listen, there's nothing you can say that's going to change what's going to happen here. And she starts again. He says, whoa, there's nothing you're going to say that's going to change this. How many of you know he gave her the big heave ho? If we're going to improve our life, if we're going to move the ball further down the court, how many of you know we need to constantly be trying to get better? You've got to change the way you think. You've got to change the way you look at things. You've got to change your life. You have to understand, in this passage, Paul is giving us some very critical information. Watch this. How is this possible for me to go to the good, the acceptable, to the perfect? You know what the undercover boss is saying? Your attitude, your life, what you're doing is what? Unacceptable. Under any terms, you are gone. Unacceptable. So we want to have what? The acceptable, 
the good, the perfect will of God. So how do we do that? There is a difference between the world standard and God's standard. How many of you know that's true? There's a difference between the world standard and God's standard. So I've got to move away from the world standards. How many of you know the world has completely different standards than what we have? Uh, this is not a clothesline message. How many of the world dresses different than me? And you're saying, thank God. No, I'm saying the world has completely different standards. The world's, the way they talk, some of the words they use, completely different standard than the way I talk. Now, I've shared this one time in the past, in, 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 as a pastor here. So one time we were working cattle, and I want to share it again, and some cows are demon-possessed. <laughs> and I've been trying for like a month or two to get this cow up. And, I mean, she was crazy. So finally, we get this cow up in the lot, and where we run them through the chute and run them to load, there's a little swing gate there. So the swing gate either goes to the head chute or it goes out to load cattle. So someone, maybe me, I don't know, had forgot to move the swing gate to go to the head chute, and it was open. And all this time we tried to get this cow up, we run it through, and it goes right back out in the pasture. And so I said something like this, oh hell, <laughs> or something else. I, forgot, I, don't, I don't even know the word I said. So years later, my son Aaron, he was, he was sharing this with somebody, and I happened to be there. He said, all my life, I've only heard my dad say one bad word. And that was the time I said it. Okay, I confess, I'm not perfect, I'm just like you. But let me tell you, God has a standard, the world has a standard. The world doesn't care. Everybody talks that way. You shouldn't because God has a standard. So if I'm going to get better, listen, if I'm going to get better, i got to say, I cannot march to the world's standard. i got to move over here. The good, acceptable, perfect will of God. I'm moving from there to here. I'm going to what? Get better. And it doesn't happen overnight. And it takes time, it takes process, it takes energy. So I understand, I'm not to be conformed to this world. Here's the next one. I have to be transformed. Well, how in the world do I get transformed? I'm glad you asked. By the renewing of your mind. You've got to think different. You've got to think different than the world. Let me tell you what tears me up. I mean, absolutely burns me up. I'm going to use a few people. So we have attorneys here. We have doctors here. We have educators here. We have nurses here. We have business people here, entrepreneur people. And i got to watch what I say. <laughs> I mean, all these professional people who have years of experience, years of education, will tell you something, and you'll go right down to the yahoos you work with and get their advice and stay in the same pitiful situation you've always been in. Burns me up. Well, Pastor, what should I do about that? How, how should I do this? And I tell them, and they listen to Joe down here at the bar. <laughs> Who's worse off than them? Think different. Dr. Jeff, what should I do about this? 
Okay, Mike, this is what I do. So I go to some guy at the feed store, and he said, well, I think you ought to take this uh, medicine over here in the feed store. (laughs) I'm not against that, but I think maybe I ought to listen to my doctor. I go to some business owner. He's made millions of dollars. Could you give me some advice? Sure. Then I go down to Charlie, who's worse off than me, and I take his advice. Transform your ever-loving mind. Somebody's getting help today. (laughs) Do you know how I really feel about it? By the renewing of your mind, who are you hanging out with? And listen, ultimately it's all by the mercy of God, he says. Present yourself as a living sacrifice by the mercy of God. You know what he's saying? Okay, God has a part to play in this, but you have a part to play in this. God won't do your part. You can't do God's part. So what do we have to do? We have to fuse this together. Listen, I have to realize there's power in the perception and how I look at things, how I think about things. Can I hear an amen? So here's another question. What is your sacrifice? What are you sacrificing? What is your service? Are you conforming or transforming? How's your mind being renewed? And can you see there is a better on another level and you're pursuing that level? So the book of Hebrews is the biggest book about better. And I didn't know this. So this week when I was studying and I'm getting ready for my time with you, I thought, so who has the most better things for us to listen to? And I found out it's in the book of Hebrews. Can I give it to you? Jesus is better than the angels because of his name. His priesthood is better than the priesthood of Aaron and the Levites because it's after the order of Melchizedek. We have a better hope. We have a better covenant. We have better promises. We have a better sacrifice. We have a better possession in heaven. We have a better resurrection. God has provided something better for us. We have a better covenant based on better blood that was sprinkled. It gives us better access to God. Wow, that's a lot of better. So you know what God is saying? You can be better in your life. Don't hang back there, head that direction. You say, well, you know, here's the problem. Um, You know, I'm kind of content where I am. So I want to reverse the three. If you're taking notes, write these down. The power of the present, the power of the people, the power of perception. So let's reverse. The power of the present, so don't be satisfied where you are. Don't be satisfied where you are. You say, well, wait a minute. Paul said, I'm content in every state. Oh, I get it. Listen. But the same guy who said, I'm content, he said, I am pressing and pursuing the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's okay to be content, and it's okay to be happy, but you should be pressing, and you should be pursuing, and moving in a direction that is what? Better. So, power of the present. There's also the power of the people. So good people can also make a difference in your life, right? Hang around the right people. Power perception. We can change the way that we think. And all of that is possible. But I want to end on this story, Luke chapter 5. So Jesus is teaching the multitudes. And the longer he teaches, the bigger the multitudes get. They're wanting to be healed. They're wanting to be taught. They're wanting to be loved, set free. 
the oppressed, the blind, the lame, the lepers. And guess what? The more he teaches, the more he travels, the bigger the crowds. So one day on the north side of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus sees two boats. They're empty. And he looks around and guess who he sees? Simon Peter. And he said, hey, Peter, he said, could I get in your boat and you could launch out just a little way and I could sit on the bow and I could teach all these multitudes? Number one, he won't be thronged. Acoustics on the water are probably a little bit better. He's teaching the multitudes. Well, when he finds Peter, you know what they're doing? They're washing their nets. Washing their nets. Which means they're done for the day. They're done. So I want you to see something here. It's actually in Luke chapter 5, verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, when Jesus finished, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. So Peter, um, why, why don't you, let, let's go back out. You guys go back out and let your nets down and see if you can catch any fish. This is Peter's response. Lord, Rabbi. He said, Rabbi. He said, Rabbi, we have been fishing all night. And the word's not fishing. He said, we've been tolling all night. This hard work. Throwing those nets out, pulling them back. Throwing them out, pulling them back. And guess what? He said, we've caught nothing, nada, zero. I, I think in Peter's mind, he says, you're the rabbi, I'm the fisherman. You rabbi, I fish. When it comes to fishing, Jesus, I'm a lot smarter than you are. But Peter, why don't you go out there? Hey, we're done. We're washing our nets. Everything's cool. But this is what Peter said. He said, nevertheless, at your word, we will. So they get those nets that they've washed. They get them back in the boat. How many of you know that's all work? It's their effort. Their effort. They get back in the boat. Can you hear Peter mumbling? Can, can you hear him? A few things said under his breath as he goes out to the deep. You see, this is what happens in Palestine, in the Middle East. The hot sun comes out in the middle of the day, and the fish go down deep where it's cool. Then at night... They come back up to the cooler water and they feed. That's why they fish at night. But, but Peter, go out to the deep. Let those nets down again. Lord, I think it's a bad idea. We're not going to catch anything, but nevertheless, at your word, I will. They go out. They go out. They let the nets down. There are so many fish in the nets. The nets are starting to break as they pull them up. You talk the greatest day of fishing in Peter's life now is in the middle of the day when there shouldn't be any fish. And he's pulling up a net load of fish. So much so, they've got so many fish, their boat is sinking so low with the weight of the fish. He calls out from those who are on the shore, calls out to them, come and help. We need help. And they fill their boats up with fish. How many of you know fishing is getting better? Why? 
somebody listen to the Lord. If you'll start listening to the Lord, your life will get better. I think I'm talking to some people here that would like to be better moms and better dads and better grandfathers and grandmothers and better entrepreneurs, better workers, better at whatever you're doing. How many of you know we can get better? I can get better. You can become better. But that doesn't make any sense, Lord. I, I don't want to go out in the middle of the day because that makes no sense. Peter, you own the boats, but he owns the fish. Peter, you own the boats, but he owns the sea. Just do what he said. You'll get better. And then he said, from this day forward, if you'll follow me, your fishing's going to get a lot better because you're going to quit fishing for fish. And you're going to fish for men. And you're going to catch thousands of them. And they're going to get to go to heaven. It's going to get better. See, the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life much more abundant. Bow your head with me right now. Let me ask you a very quick question. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you're in trouble. You're in eternity you're in trouble forever. And today you can change that. It can get better for you. Your future can get better. You can receive Christ as your Savior. Maybe today you would simply say, I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better friend. And I certainly want to be a better servant to Christ. I want to be a better Christian. See, I believe all of us can get better. I'll, I'll talk about me first because I know I certainly can get better. It's not easy. I have to overcome the inertia. I have to overcome the, the desire just to stay where I am. I have to overcome my attitude, my lack of, <laughs> my lack of effort. But I want to ask this question again as we leave. You need Christ. You need to know Him. But let me add one other thing. How many of you would say to me, and be very honest, Mike, there's an area in my life right now I really need to get better at. I really need to get better at this area in my life. Hold up your hand right now. People have already got their hands up. There's an area in my life I know I need to get better. Stand with me all over this house. We got some people that's going to help us pray. I'm going to ask them to come and stand here at the front. And I'm going to ask you if you raised your hand or if you did not raise your hand, I want you to come and stand right here. Everybody in this house, I'll be the first one here. I'm always the first one here. I'm going to be the first one here to say, I am deciding to be better today. If that's you, come stand right here. Listen, I'm just asking you to come. This place ought to fill up from the top to the bottom, the back to the front. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap as we come. Everybody here should want to get better. Listen, we're going to pray. 
And I believe the power of God, the Holy Spirit of God, is going to touch our lives. I believe there's going to be a new desire, a new appetite, a new feeling inside of you to say, my marriage is going to get better. My health is going to get better. My service is going to get better. I'm going to be more excellent than I was. It's going to take effort. It's going to take a little energy to get you off high center, right? But my friends, I believe God is calling us to be better. Our church is going to get better. We're going to fill up this house. Can I hear an amen? We're going to change our world because God has changed our life. Come on, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're praying that you would lead us, guide us, stir our hearts. God, we want to be better. We want to be better. Not just good not just acceptable, but we're gonna follow your perfect will. God, we love you, we praise you, we exalt you today. Help me to be a better husband, a better father, a better grandfather. Help me to be a better shepherd, a better servant of the Most High God. God, help me to be that with you. And God, where I failed, forgive me. Transform my mind. Transform the people who are negative in my life. God, transform my present situation and let me move forward to a better place, a promised place, a land that flows with milk and honey. And God, we thank you for that today. And we're going to leave. We're going to walk out of here with a desire to be better and live the abundant life than you've given and that you will give and you want to give us in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I heard someone say this recently, and I want to share it with you. I've shared it with some of you. I want to share it with all of you today. Listen up. He said, I don't want to get to heaven and meet the guy I could have been. I don't want to get to heaven and meet the person I could have been. Let's just take that potential and do it right now. We're just going to get better, aren't we? Hey, I'm looking at you. You look like you're already getting better to me. <laughs> Listen, I love you. God has your best in store for you. Let's give him a hand clap. God bless you. I love you. Have a great rest of the day. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.